Listener, today's episode was sent in by a fan. They didn't say if I should include their full name, so I'll just call them Adam. Adam, I'll tell you that I was blown away by your story. It's one of the single best stories I've received since I've started podcasting. Listener, if you want to send me a disaster-related story, message me anytime. I'm always interested in your messages. And, like Adam here, you could be featured on the show. Now, I'm mostly going to be reading this verbatim. There have been some minor tweaks. Specifically, there's a part at the beginning that seemed a little too personal. But overall, this is 99.9% what was written in. Settle in, I'll play the intro, then we'll get to Adam's story. memories start earlier than mine. Mine didn't start until I was maybe seven. I was born with a lot of health issues. For one, a cleft lip that was supposed to be fixed when I was a child. Our local doctor was ungodly old and behind the times. He was a butcher and shouldn't have been operating on people. I'm probably older than a lot of your audience, so understand things were done differently back then, and it wasn't until adulthood that I finally got a lip revision surgery, though my wife never seemed to mind. The surgery did give me confidence I didn't have for most of my life. Speaking of confidence, I was born with a lot of fear in me. As a child, my mother was told I was developing slow, that I was behind a lot of children, That's part of why I believe my memories didn't start until much later than most. Now, I eventually caught up to the other children after being held back a year, but I digress. What I do know is that from 7 to 10 years old, I was the most terrified child on earth. And what do I mean by that? When I say I was scared of my own shadow, I was scared of my own shadow. Once I saw on the news that some people had broken out of prison. I spent weeks laying in bed at night crying. Why? I was sure that they were going to sneak into the house at night and take me hostage. Or worse, stick a knife in me slowly while covering my mouth so I couldn't call for my mother. And that's the thing. Most kids that age spend their days dreaming of being astronauts or army men. I spent those days waiting for the end to come. I wasn't just scared of spiders or the boogeyman. 
I was scared of real terrors, which I think led to my interest in true crime later in life. Our morbid interests have to bloom somehow, right? Well, this is my roundabout way of getting to the day I lost the fear for good, and the day I experienced two disasters at once. In some ways, I was unlucky, but in other ways, it turned me into the man I am today. Now, how does that old cliché go? It was a day like any other. Well, it was. I spent that day on my stomach watching TV in the living room. And when I was done watching TV, I was probably playing with toys or some such thing. I was 10 years old. It was raining that day, so I had to stay inside. Now, in Tennessee, you wouldn't believe how hard it can rain. I've seen vehicles swept away more than I care to admit. As a kid, when it rained hard, you couldn't just put on a raincoat and be about your day. No, you were expected to stay inside and stay safe. My mom and I had dinner that night, and when I went to bed, I remember asking my mom if I could leave my light on. She of course said no. She wasn't being harsh. She was just trying to teach the fear out of me. My mom, God rest her soul, struggled as a single mother. I remember on more than one occasion hearing her cry to herself as she looked over the bills, which makes the next part of the story even more disheartening. That night, I remember sensing two things. First, the feeling of my mom shaking me. And second, the smell of smoke. The house was on fire, and my mom was telling me we needed to get out and get out now. I don't remember why, and I never did ask her later. It wasn't something we talked about a lot. But we climbed out of my window. I remember my legs shaking and wishing my mom went first so she could help me down. Probably out of concern for my safety, she insisted I go first, which turned out to be a mistake. Now, you remember how I was born with the fear. When I got outside, the first thing I noticed is that it was raining and hard. The next thing I remember is a screaming wind hitting me, nearly blowing me off my feet. Screaming as in it was loud. I swear that it fired something off in that survival part of my brain. Because before I knew it, I was running. And the next thing I knew, the ground disappeared below my feet. And the next thing I knew after that, I was rolling down the side of a very steep hill. I don't remember thinking a thing. Just the sensation of falling. And then water. I'd rolled down into the floodwaters. I don't know if there was a current or if I was just flat flailing and drowning like an idiot. All I know is that I came close to dying right then. And I've never come closer to dying in my life. There was a moment where I felt my arms go limp. And then my fingertips tingle. Hello, I'm Peter Laws, the host of the hit podcast Frightful, which offers very scary true stories. But as I research that show, I keep finding other true tales that aren't so terrifying and yet are fascinating and often deeply moving. That's why I launched a second podcast called Our Curious Past, telling forgotten incidents from history told in immersive audio with music, sound effects, and on-location recording. 
For example, you can join me on location in an underground nuclear bunker in England as I learned how Britain prepared for the potential of war in the 1980s. I loved recording on location in Transylvania to uncover the history of this beautiful and spooky land beyond the forest, and I was particularly touched by the big response to my episode on the Nazi massacre of Urhador Suglin, an entire French village that was invaded by the Nazis in 1944. To be honest, it was sometimes hard to narrate that without breaking into tears. So why not join me, Peter Laws, by searching our curious past in podcast apps? Because, you know, sometimes it's the unique moments from another person's yesterday that helps us understand ourselves today. Hi, I'm Shane, and I'm obsessed with overlooked and forgotten histories. These are the stories you should know, but have likely never heard. So I tell them in my podcast, Hometown History. Did you know the only American king was assassinated in Michigan? Or that a self-proclaimed emperor once reigned in San Francisco? I have a never-ending fascination with these kind of stories and a passion for local histories. Join me for Hometown History wherever you listen to podcasts. And I thought to myself, so this is it? But then the next thing I knew, I was struggling again. And then I was out of the water. Something must have kicked in. When I got out of the water, I looked around and noticed two things. Again, it was raining very, very hard, and that it was pitch black dark. There was essentially no light pollution. It was like wearing a blindfold, and for a moment, I thought I may have been blind. Slowly, my eyes adjusted, and I could somewhat see around me. Dark shapes, you get the idea. I began walking aimlessly, looking for some any source of light, maybe a neighbor's window. I think I was in shock at the time. What happened next woke me up. At first I felt my hand brush a tree. Fine enough. I started making out the trees and my vision, and then I heard something. A snapping sound. There was something near me. I wasn't alone. I saw movement. I felt terror rise in my throat, and I wanted to scream. What scared me the most is that whatever was with me wasn't announcing themselves. Whatever it was remained quiet, as in, it didn't want me to know it was there. And I could take anything but the quiet. Even a loud roar would have scared me less than the movement, followed by the silence. Now, what I did next probably is not advisable especially if you know anything about Tennessee and bears. But I took off running. I couldn't help it. It felt like standing there could have driven me to madness, with each second its own eternity. So I ran and I ran and I ran and I ran without reason. And when I got tired of running in that big empty dark, I collapsed. I laid on the ground, rain pouring over me, and I cried, and I cried some more, and then I even cried some more. I was sobbing, but no one came. I remember briefly wondering where the moon went. I didn't know it at the time, that when it rains hard enough, the clouds cover the moon. And shortly after that, somehow, I drifted off to sleep. I think I was too exhausted. Maybe I was so scared... I did fall into shock, but 
What's strange is I don't remember ever feeling cold. Maybe the exhaustion heated and warmed me up. I woke up in the morning at the edge of a somewhat distant neighbor's yard. It's hard to remember everything that happened after that. I remember knocking on their door. I was afraid to go back home because I didn't know what was left of it. They gave me a blanket. Now again, forgive me. Memories here are fuzzy. Again, I think I was in shock, but I remember when my mom finally saw me. She broke down and cried harder than I saw her before or after. Believe it or not, the fire didn't do as much damage as you'd think. No, that was the smoke. The smoke ruined pretty much everything. We ended up staying at my uncle's house for a long time after that. Until my mom was able to get back on her feet. What I do remember is I lost the fear after that. And it never returned the same way. Not in that fiery way. Claimed my life from ages 7 through 10. I must have had some form of PTSD. Because there were times when my mom caught me staring off at nothing. I'd be there one moment, and then, just not. I've done internet searches since then, and I believe that I can sometimes suffer from depersonalization. It's like I'm floating above myself, and the actions I'm taking aren't my own. Now, it's not always. It can just sneak up on me. And even to this day, my wife will catch me in the bathroom holding my vitamins, or in the kitchen with a bag of grapefruit, standing there, staring off into the deep nothing. And sometimes I wonder if, when I have these moments, when I'm staring off into that nothing, if just for a second, I'm that ten-year-old trying to stare into the rainy dark again. But to be honest, it's a small price to pay. It's cliche, I know. But I came out of the other side of my worst fears. And then I was stronger for it. When I say the fear is gone, it's gone. People I tell of how much of a scaredy cat I used to be almost don't believe it. It's not the person they know. I believe I would describe myself as a serious man. I'm the first to get a flashlight when the power goes out, and I'll let a spider crawl out of my hand just to carry it outside. Anyway, that's my story of how I survived two disasters in one night. A fire followed by a flood. The second disaster self-inflicted by my own foolish self, of course. Now, Adam, I want to say thank you for sending this story in. Uh, I feel bad that I got to it later than I usually would. It's usually a better idea, if you can, to message me on Patreon. I get to those messages the soonest. But when I did stumble on this one in my email, man, this is a great story, and you are an excellent storyteller. I swear there's an author or podcaster inside you just waiting to come out. And I think that's it for Disaster this week. I hope you enjoyed this change of pace, and I hope you enjoyed Adam's story. I thank you for listening, and keep the fire burning. <laughs>